direct or to steer. You see. So it's, 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 it's the gift of leadership. Look at Joseph. Now if you have this kind of gift, it will, everywhere you go, everyone will know you are a leader. Even in prison, Joseph became the leader among the prisoners. When he went to Potiphar's house, the man's house was well, well organized. Leadership. But you see, with the gift of leadership, wherever God plants you, the chief end of that gift is to serve Jesus and his kingdom and to promote it. You can't just say, have the gift of leadership and you have a certain kind of leadership and it has nothing to do with Christ and his kingdom. It's a lie. It's like you're a football player and they give you the ball. You don't even know where to pass. You just go here and you go here. You are skillful, but you are useless. There are people who are skillful. They can dribble everywhere. When it comes to scoring, they throw the ball away. They are skillful, but they are useless. You are skillful in the art of leadership. You have sagacity. You have integrity. You have spirituality. When they wanted to elect the Dickens in that book of Acts, these were the three qualifications. Men who were full of wisdom, sagacity. Men who were full of the Holy Ghost, spirituality. Men who were of honest report, integrity. You have all these characteristics. But you must remember, the end result is to glorify Jesus. There's the, the ministry of mercy. These are people who have, who God, whom God uses to raise orphanages. This kind of ministry is needed seriously. If we had this ministry operating in our midst, every orphan is being taken to Osu, Osu orphanage. By the time it's coming, it will not be so. It will be your orphanage. Because God tests up the bowels of mercy, the bowels of compassion. Your heart is geared toward, in the Old Testament, God told his people to show mercy on three categories of people. The fatherless, the strangers, and the widows. So we need, we need a ministry to the widows, a ministry to the fatherless, a ministry to the strangers. There is a way you can bless someone. For instance, in giving, there is a way I can give to you. After giving to you, the person will feel indebted to me. That's what philanthropists do. But that's not our calling. You don't give for the person to feel indebted to you. When you give, when you walk away, the person must feel he has received help from God. You must be out of the picture. That is what the the, the, the people of this world do. That is philanthropism. But our giving carries the power of redemption. We give. And it, it, it impresses on them the integrity of God and the wonders of God. Hallelujah. So these are some of the ministry gifts. There are more, but this is a summary. So I just want you to take your place. Praise God. Just take your place. Now, do you know your ministry now? Do you know your ministry now? Some of you know, but don't just assume like that. Pray. But don't make yourself the Lord of the Sabbath, of, of the harvest. Of course, some of you will know. And I've not said everything. There are deep things in the things that are mentioned here. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. Say, my ministry is in the Lord. I wondered why Paul didn't say, the ministry you have received from the Lord. He said, we have not received the ministry from the Lord. We have received the ministry in the Lord. There's a difference. We don't receive our ministry, of course it's from the Lord. But we don't receive our ministry from the Lord. But it is in the Lord. What does it mean? You must know that ministry is not an outward endeavor. Ministry is an inward growing. 
Ministry is received through our union and communion and fellowship in the Lord. Our union, our communion and fellowship in the Lord. That's how ministry is received. There is no way you are working with the Lord and you will never discover your ministry. There is no way you are having fellowship with Jesus and you never discover your ministry. As you grow in the Lord, you see your ministry is along the way. You pick it up and continue. Now you can begin with the, minist- with the, with the ministries and get into the office. Listen, no, God never calls anyone and gives a person an office. It's a lie. It never happens anyway. Nobody is given an office to begin with. God never commissions anyone as an apostle to begin with. The five ministries are not just given to someone to begin with. It doesn't happen like that. We first have the ministries and we grow into the office. Hallelujah. For instance, Philip was a deacon. Later on, he was called Philip the evangelist. Being a deacon is a ministry gift, but being an, an evangelist is an office gift. So, oh, I'm an apostle. You are just deceiving yourself. It, you grew into it. It is in the Lord. When God called Paul as an apostle, of course, the calling is, the, is at the beginning. Most of you mistake the calling for the commission. There's a difference between the calling and the commission. There are many people God has shown them how great their churches will be. How great their ministries will be. How great they will impact the world. But they think it's just now. And even in the vision, it was as if it is happening now. No, that's the realm of the, in the realm of the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, there is no time, time element. You can see something that is just like right now. Meanwhile, it is 30 years afterward. When God, Paul, God called Paul as an apostle, he entered into it after 18 years. It happened in Acts chapter 13. When they met in the church that was in Antioch, and they fasted and prayed, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I called them. I have already called them individually, but this is the time of their separation. Called, past tense, but this is the day of their commission. And they were sent out, and the first time they were called apostles. The Lord called me. Then, I knew in the 90s, God had called me as an apostle. But, the Lord took me through a lot of things. At the time, I operated in the, 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 the ministry of prayer. At that time, any message you give, me to, you give me to preach, no matter the message, I will end talking about prayer. In fact, any, even if you give me the, the subject of, of giving, to talk about giving, there's a way I will link giving to prayer. So winning, that's all I saw. But it was, it was a process. In fact, in the early years, among all the gifts, the one I never liked was teaching. That is the one I hated with passion. I didn't like teaching at all. Because when we thought of teaching, we thought of Sunday school teachers. And me, I'm not good in instructing kids. So I don't have the gift of teaching. That's what I thought. Anyway, Sunday school teachers are in the, in the pastoral ministry. They are children pastors. That's another thing altogether. It's a very high-ranking ministry that the church has not yet seen. If you, do, if you are a Sunday school teacher here, when you go to heaven, you continue doing the same thing. Now, our ministries continue in heaven. You have no idea. So you better discover your ministry and start using it now. Other than that, on that day, you have no... Yeah, it continues. And when you go to heaven, Apostle Paul, and it's, those who walked in the Word and taught the Word, they are, they are still teaching the Word. The Word is still taught in heaven. Yeah. There are teachings in heaven. When I go to heaven, I'm going to teach. So many ministries. What we are doing is just a dress rehearsal. Of course, it's not to win souls, but it's another level. It's more into God. It's more God world. In the realm of God. 
You see, God called me as an apostle a long time ago, in the 90s. But I'm not even yet an apostle. But I'm very close to it. But I'm not yet. You see, in life, you have to know what you are not. That's a secret to success. You have to know what you are not. If I am the years, I'll never brag to say I'm the eyes. If you tell me to see, it will be a problem for me. In our generation, those who are years are trying to see. And those who are noses are trying to speak. And those who are the hand, they are complaining they are not the leg. You see, the hand always helps the leg to put on shoes. Every day, before the shoes can be placed on the leg, it takes the, the instrument of the hand. Can you imagine there comes a day that the hand begins to jealous the leg? And the hand say, I help you every day. It's enough. I want to wear. I want to wear. And the shoe says that, okay, I'm allowing you to wear me. This is how it is going to be. And every one of us can see that there's a problem with you. If you are called to help me, help me. If I'm called to help you, just, that is my ministry. And then leg is complaining. You hand. Every day you wear the ring. Every day you wear the ring. I also want to wear the ring. Can you imagine putting the ring on the leg? It's not much. For you to receive your ministry, you must know your place. You must know your function. Your place and your function. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 15 to 16. If the foot say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body. Can you imagine? That's what the problem in the body. Those who are the foot are trying to be the hand. And those who are the hand are trying to be the foot. If God has called you to be in the ministry of helps, you there. Every man wherein he is called, therein abide. If you leave that place, you have no anointing. You have left the place of your anointing. You will never operate in anointing. If you want anointing, just stick where you are to, supposed to be. The ears is ordained to hear. And the same blood that flows through the head flows through the ears. The same anointing that flows through the head, Christ, will flow through you wherever you are securely positioned in, in the body. Function as you are, not as you prefer to be. There are some people, if they are not the president of CCF, then we have no ministry. If in the coming vetting, I'm not vetted as a president or vice, I don't like the press secretary, I don't like any other ministry. And as much as I cannot get a place of prominence, then it is nothing at all if I, I occupy no functional position. So people are looking for places of prominence. But the body is not tempered like that. If you are not in your place of anointing and calling, the consequences are eternal. There are some people, the Bible calls them wandering stars. Jude 1 verse 13. Let's read and see. Raging waves of the sea, forming out of their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness. That means they, they will not even shine again. There are some people, the Bible says they are wandering stars. What is a wandering star? Now before you understand a wandering star, you must understand a pro- what a proper star is. What's the proper star? Now, in the Bible, the messengers of God are called stars. Revelation 120. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sowest. We, the messengers of the gospel, we are stars. But amongst us, there are some who are wandering stars. And there are those who are proper stars. According to astronomy, not astrology, for a star to be a proper star, it means that, number one, the star has its fixed orbit. It has its certain position 
and it continues steadfastly in its course. You see, that's how God has made the universe. It has a fixed orbit. It continues steadfastly in its course. It has a certain position. But once the star leaves its set orbit or certain position and breaks that rank and leaves where it's supposed to be, it becomes a wandering star. And it causes trouble to other stars who are in their set and fixed position. If you are not in the place of your anointing, you are a wandering star. You are not a proper star. The Bible said there are those who are wandering stars. Very soon, if you don't take time, you are going to lose your light. So be where you are called to be. Hallelujah. No matter how lowly esteemed the thing may seem to be, it is to the honor of Jesus. You must see what the body of Christ is. As you are in the Lord and grow in the Lord, your ministry will also grow. It will grow in power, it will grow in authority, it will grow in anointing. Your ministry will grow. And the word Lord, I wondered why Paul didn't say we receive it in the Savior or in Jesus, but actually he said in the Lord. God is so economical in writing a Bible that he doesn't waste a single word. So every word is important. The word Lord actually means honor. That's to say that when it comes to ministry, we take our place as God's slaves and servants because he's our owner. The word Lord, it means master or owner. He owns us. Know ye not that ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. Now, for you to be used by God, you must know that you yourself, you, you don't belong to yourself. Now you must know that you yourself, you are bought. In 1 Corinthians 6 verse 15, the Bible says that, says that, Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of an hallowed? Your whole body, your whole members, your eyes, your nose, your ears, your legs, the Bible says that they are all for Christ. When he died, he died to buy your mouth. So make sure the things you see are what he wants want you to see. Your mouth has been bought. Even your ears has, doesn't belong to you. If you have money in your pocket and it is, it is yours, you can use the money for whatever you want to do. But if the money is not yours, you have no authority over the money. You use the money as you are instructed. Your body is not yours. You cannot use the body, your body as you wish. You cannot go where you want to go. You cannot even study the course you want to study. You cannot choose the place of your national service where you want to go because your body is not yours. You can't just sit down and plan that I'm going to serve in this place. Shame on you. You are not yours. You have to go to the owner, the Lord, and ask him, as your slave, why are you sending me? Revelation 6 verse 10. And let's start from verse 9, please. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Now, the matai is in heaven. The Bible said that they cried and they said, How long, O Lord? Say, O Lord. Now, this is how they call Jesus. They called him, O Lord. And the Greek word Lord here means the word despotus. That's why we have the word despotic ruler. Now, Jesus is not a despotic ruler. Jesus doesn't call himself despotus as a despotic ruler. But they call him, O our despotic ruler. They love Jesus so much that the word despotus means a slave master who has an absolute sovereign power and authority over his slave. That's how they find themselves. They, they have given themselves so much to Jesus that it seems they have no power at all again. They want Jesus to conquer them. 
Lord, conquer me. Lord, if after my national service you want me to serve the ministry, I'm ready. Your heart started pumping fast, faster than it was. Lord, if it, if it be, Lord, you have conquered me. Of course, some of you will be called like that. Don't postpone it. But make sure you are called. If you are not also called, just serve in the ministry. Maybe God wants to. There are different levels of preparation for the ministry. But you must be totally conquered. There were those who served the ministry. They loved Jesus so much that the Bible said that they loved not their lives even unto the death. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11 and 12. They loved not their lives even unto the death. They, they are just for Jesus. I'm telling you. David Livingston said, Far be it from me that I should call the service of my Lord a sacrifice. For when men are appoint, appointed to serve in earthly government, they call themselves, un, themselves honorables. So he said that for him to be appointed and anointed to serve in the office of the king of kings, he doesn't see it even as a sacrifice. He sees it as the highest privilege of unfathomable proportion for God to choose me. He said that this, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Now the word witness, you know the meaning of the word witness? Matthiah. Ye shall be willing to die for me, both in Jerusalem. That's what it means. The word witness is Matthiah. If you are not ready to work for Jesus, then you are not, not ready to work in the ministry. Jesus said, "Ye shall be martyrs unto me. Assuming we are just here in Boko Haram, if you want to go free, deny Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Starting from the president. Hey, what will you do? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, in heaven, those with the highest glory are the martyrs. They are so beautiful when you see them. They have special meetings in heaven. Matthias. Archippus. According to history, he died as a Matthias. The guy preached the gospel. He became the pastor in the church in Laodicea. He preached the gospel. You know what they did to him? They buried him up to his waist. So he was buried up to his waist and they stoned him. That is serious. <laughs> I like the way you said what. It's so serious. You have no way of escape. And they stoned him. And when he was almost dying, they brought little children to, to mock him. And to play with him. To play on him. That's how they valued the gospel. Paul the apostle was beheaded. They beheaded him. Because he was a Roman citizen. He, he, had, he had dual citizenship. He was a Jew and a Roman. And in those days, he couldn't crucify a Roman citizen. So Paul was beheaded. And he was put into the catacombs. They loved Jesus. I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Now they had revelation. Paul said, I count all things but dung. The Greek said, I count all things but dog food. Everything I have is just dog food. It's just dung. Nothing can be compared to, to the excellency of the knowledge, knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. The ministry is priceless. You must love it unto death. That's what it means. Don't love your academic work more than ministry. Don't love your job more than ministry. Don't love anything more than his work. You must only love Jesus more than his ministry. Hallelujah. Don't be a dislocated member. Be willing. Pastor Adiboye told a story. He said a couple went to preach the gospel. A husband and a wife. And they got into a certain place. And when they were going to preach the gospel, there was a wall. If you go through the gate, you will never come back. You will die. All who have gone through that way never came back. 
it was a journey of no return. And they got there and they told them that you have a choice to make. Either you come in or you go back. So he turned to look at his wife to see what his wife would say. You know what his wife said? When Jesus said, go and preach the gospel, he didn't say we should come back. He said, go. <laughs> so they went forward. There was a little girl who was only 22 years of age by name Blandina. In those years of Roman Empire, this lady preached the gospel so strongly. They said, don't preach the gospel again. She said, I'll preach. They caught her and put her into a net. And they threw her into the midst of bulls. And the bulls tossed her around about. And they released her. She was still preaching the gospel. What's wrong with this lady? They put her in a metallic chair. Heated chair. The chair, metallic chair was being heated. And whilst she was burning, she was still preaching the gospel. Jesus is Lord. And she was just 22 years of age. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Beloved, Jesus is their Lord. They, they were willing to die for Jesus. I pray that we'll come to that light and revelation. The man is worth it. For the love of Christ constrained us. I am constrained by the love of Christ. Because we have already judged that if one died, then we are, we are all dead. Let the love propel you. Just be subject to Jesus. You have conquered me. Conquer me. When you tell him to sit, I will sit. If you say I should lie, I will lie. If you say I should run, I will run. Whatever you should do, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's how it should be. Be willing to die for Jesus. Now, in, in your Christian life, if, if it has never come into your heart, a willingness to at least die for Jesus, it is you yourself, you are becoming a problem to yourself. By all means, there must be that desire. Hallelujah. There must be that desire. I'm not saying you're going to die. Of course, if death comes and it must be for Jesus, we will let it happen. Of course, in God's wisdom, not all of us are called to die like that. There are 11 martyrs who must live as though they are dying, yet they are living. Paul said, I die daily. That means he dies every day. At the ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool. I am more. Then he began to mention, in stripes above measure, in prisons often, in prisons frequent, in death often. He has been dying. He said, in death often. Hallelujah. That's a ministry. You must take heed to the ministry. To take heed to the ministry means that he don't do the ministry anyhow. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10, As a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Let every man take heed. Then he said, Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. For if thou continue in them, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Take heed to thyself and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Take heed. Now the word take heed is the Greek word blepo which means to look. So when Paul said take heed, that means see to it. Be watchful. Be thou watchful in all things and your affliction and do the work of an evangelist. Why should you take heed in the ministry? Because if you don't take heed in the ministry, you, you can easily make it a merchandise. You can easily become a gospel merchant. For through covetousness shall they with fain words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. There are some people, they began well, but when they began to face challenges, they began to sell the gospel for money. If you don't watch carefully, 
and take you to the ministry. You know what will happen? You use it as a merchandise. Those people who are doing that, they never started like that. But some way, somehow, if you miss divine preparation, what you missed, the lessons you miss, will come back to you. Because before God, that if you skip the ministry and get into the office, you would have missed a lot of preparations. Before God will put you into an office, God takes time to raise a man. One of the lessons you pass through is that he makes you financially independent of men. He brings you, he brings you to a place where you can look at him for, for supplies. If God has not trained you, your personal ego and quest for fame, pride, popularity will destroy your ministry. You can be preaching the right gospel, yet you may have a base spirit for self-recognition. Paul said, take heed. That's why he said, not a novice.